Welcome to today's edition of Beat to the Fire, where we're always challenging the status quo. For more cutting-edge commentary, go to feettothefire.org. That is feet, the number two, thefire.org. And now your host. So obviously, Kevin McCarthy is now the Republican Speaker of the House. Made it happen, pulled it together. The vote, I think at like 2 a.m. Saturday morning, January 7th. So late Friday night, past midnight into the morning of January 7th. Following 15 rounds of votes by a 216 to 212 vote, Now, he was supposed to reach the threshold of 218 to get the majority of a 435-member House of Representatives, but six Republicans voted present, bringing his required threshold down to uh, 430, half of 436 or 37, something like that. Anyway, he did it with 206 votes. Uh, The six Republicans who voted present instead of outright signaling their support for McCarthy in the final ballot, this is from the Epic Times, Representative Andy Biggs, Republican Arizona, Lauren Boebert from Colorado, Ellie Crane from, or Eli Crane from Arizona, Matt Goetz, Florida, Bob Good, Virginia, and Matt Rosendahl, Montana. Welcome to Feet to the Fire, by the way. This is your host, Sergio Fassa. It is Monday morning, the week of... Monday, January 9th, and the jury's still out on whether or not this was a good thing for the Republican Party. Overall, I mean, voting Kevin in is good. Overall, I don't know that this was a great thing. I'm hearing um, from friends and people on both sides, people saying, cheering, yeah, this is good for conservatism. It really wasn't, uh, as Mark Levin pointed out all week, this battle between the conservatives and the establishment. Uh, There were a lot of special interests among these 20 members causing them to resist McCarthy. That wasn't necessarily tried and true, pure as the uh, wind-driven snow conservative values. It wasn't really the battle. There were people that wanted committee chairmanships. There were people that just had a vendetta against McCarthy. On the positive end... Out of the 20, when the 13 or 14th on Friday finally threw their support behind McCarthy, it was because he gave a lot of concessions on some key issues, House rules and uh, issues that are important for conservatives. So that was good. But as I said last week, we shouldn't be mavericks and we should be listening to the other conservative voices in the room that have the wisdom and experience. And when most of those voices are saying, vote for McCarthy, uh, we need to get behind that as a conservative team. And so thankfully that's over, and hopefully we can move on with investigations into the Biden crime family, Democrats, the weaponization of the executive branch and uh, federal law enforcement like FBI against American citizens. We need these investigations to take place while we have control of Congress to hold the swamp accountable. Also, this is good. McCarthy has thanked Trump for his win. See, that is a difference between Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell and the Mitt Romneys and the other rhinos 
who run to the microphone as soon as they have opportunity to blast Trump and to denounce him. McCarthy wins, runs to the microphone, and establishment or not, which he very well may be, um, he's not that kind of establishment because he runs to the microphone after the vote and thanks Trump, stating due, it was due in part to Trump's influence. Quoting McCarthy, But I do want to especially thank President Trump. I don't think you should doubt, anybody should doubt his influence. He was with me from the beginning. Somebody wrote the doubt of whether he was there, and he was all in. He would call me and he would call others, the congressman laid out. And he really was. I was just talking to him tonight, helping get those final votes, McCarthy went on. And what he's really saying, really, for the party and the country, that we have to come together. We have to focus on the economy. We've got to focus, make our border secure. We've got to do so much. We've got so much work to do. And he was a great influence to make that all happen. So thank you, President Trump. Hey, I got to give McCarthy credit on that. And the reality is what one of my buddies told me yesterday. McCarthy's right. The reason this came together was because in the end, Donald Trump helped out a lot with making some phone calls. Guys, he's still the kingmaker in the party. Trump won't go away. I had another guy in my face, friendly, friendly, totally friendly yesterday at church. Trump's done. Trump's got to go. I'm like, why? Why? I'm not going to rehash everything I've done for weeks, but people are just believing this media hype. He's like, it's done. It's got to be DeSantis. Like, like they're going to treat DeSantis any different. It's unreal how people fall for this. Every, every cycle of this. We fell for it with the Tea Party. We fell for it with Trump in 2016. Oh, he'll never get elected. We're falling for it again. Anyway, let's get over to this. Some updates on election chicanery. By the way, just another note. The Epic Times wrote this article, January 6th panel shut down as new Republican-led House is sworn in. This is from a week ago, but it is good to note that the January 6th House Select Committee, which was investigating the so-called insurrection, it was a joke, a propaganda arm of Congress to try and drag Trump and MAGA supporters through the mud. It officially dissolved a day prior to Republicans taking the majority in the House last week on January 3rd. Thank you very much. Wrapping up a whirlwind, listen to this, 18-month investigation of the 2021 Capitol breach. 18 months to investigate how people got into the Capitol when clearly on camera the cops let them in and Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House at the time, denied the National Guard or any armed federal law enforcement and military to protect the Capitol when there was a gigantic, otherwise quite peaceful protest happening in and near and around the Capitol grounds. She said, no thanks when Trump offered military protection. But you needed 18 months to figure out what happened. How about the cops let them in? The committee said it has sent its work to the Department of Justice along with a recommendation for prosecuting former President Donald Trump, for four criminal charges, including insurrection, by the way, first insurrection in world history with no weapons, and conspiracy to defraud the federal government. Right, because that's who's defrauding. Trump and MAGA are defrauding the federal government when the federal government and all the corrupt state election boards defrauded the American people 
by completely diluting the election pool in 2020 and forcing a fake Trump loss. Yeah, the federal government's being defrauded. Give me a break. And as we've said so many times, this is Congress essentially issuing a bill of attainder, which it does not have the power to do in the Constitution. One of, I believe, only two specific acts that are prohibited for the legislative branch in the Constitution holding someone guilty, which they don't have the power to do because they're not the executive branch. And that's what they just did with this stupid House Select Committee. Remaining aides of the committee spent the last two weeks releasing many of the panel's materials, including transcripts of witness testimony, and listen to this, 814-page final report that referred the former president for criminal charges. There it is. Violating the Constitution. Lawmakers want to underscore the seriousness of the January 6th Capitol breach and Trump's alleged efforts to overturn the election. Blah, blah, blah. Capitol breach. You know what? Trump did try and overturn the election. We're still trying to overturn the election because it was a fraud. All right. Speaking of, for those out there who are like, hey, I need facts on this election fraud there, host Sergio Fassa. We need some facts. It's all over the place. Let's go over to Arizona, Maricopa County, humanevents.com. This was actually between Christmas and New Year, just before the turn of the new year. Carrie Lake's election lawsuit, a view from Maricopa County. I'm going to read you a bunch here. Most judges are cowards. This is slightly an editorial from the writer. You'll get that tone in it but there's a lot of facts here. Here's the short version of the Carrie Lake election trial, which, by the way, she's still appealing. From a writer who lives and votes in dysfunctional Maricopa County. From the get-go, the judge insisted that proving election failures and massive disenfranchisement of voters was not going to be enough. Note be required proof that Maricopa County fully intended to sabotage our election. In other words, you must get inside someone's head and prove they did something on purpose rather than by sheer stupidity. Did you follow that? Did you follow that? What, what the writer is saying is the judge in the Carrie Lake election lawsuit, which she did not win, but she's appealing, essentially said this. No, even if you show disenfranchisement of voters, corrupt ballots, errors in tabulation, all of that, that's not enough. You have to prove that it was done with malintent, with bad intent, that it was malicious and premeditated with evil intent. And the writer's point is, who cares what the intention was if the ballot pool was corrupted and the election was fraudulent? That's enough to overturn it. And who's got the ability anyway to crawl inside election officials' heads and find out if they did it because they're idiots or because they were doing it on purpose? Does it even matter? This judge is disregarding the obvious, continuing in the article, that all those machines coincidentally failing at the exact same moment when Republican voters were coming out en masse is, well, something only folks who want to steal an election would believe. So nothing to see here. It doesn't matter that all the machines coincidentally failed at the same time. A 20-year cyber forensic expert who has worked for the federal government and holds a top-secret security clearance, testified that random ballot testing revealed, quote, shrink-to-fit settings caused tabulators to reject votes in overwhelming numbers. 
This is a setting, by the way, that could only be changed intentionally. Were settings altered by negligence or with malice? The writer's asking. And that was what the judge was asking. Again, who cares? They were altered. Either way, the article goes on, it caused polling lines to run up to three hours behind, disenfranchising mostly Republican voters on election day. Or that odds are slim to none that 60 polling locations could be inadvertently changed across the county at the same time. Settings changed at 60 polling locations, and we're supposed to believe it was inadvertently changed across the county at the same time. Give me a break. All eyes were on data expert Rich Barris when he testified. His team can identify the exact location of people taking his survey who claim they're having difficulty voting. And when he went on to explain, that's because polling, polling technology has greatly advanced over the years. A defense attorney was overheard whispering, oh, bleep expletive. In other words, we're in trouble. On the flip side, there was Maricopa County recorder Stephen Richer. Here's one of the swamp dwellers, the Maricopa County election recorder, whom, the article goes on, I kid you not, testified via Zoom while wearing a wrinkled t-shirt from his vacation in Panama. There you go. It's a perfect picture. So while our election's being stolen, Carrie Lake is making a case in court with the facts and experts and data and information, and we're all supposed to believe it's just coincidence and the judge is demanding motive, ignoring the fact that there was fraud, and on their end, who do they have as their great witness and justification for their defense? A guy on vacation in Panama with a wrinkled T-shirt. Got out of town. Election's over. Sealed the deal. Katie Hobbs is governor. Move on. Everybody says, move on. Nothing to see. Move on. And he's out in vacation in Panama. Oh, yeah, I'll show up in court via Zoom in my wrinkled T-shirt. These people don't care. The swamp believes and loves and revels in the power they have and couldn't care less. They yawn, pat us on the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll clean up the elections. We'll investigate. We'll investigate. Excuse me. I'm away on vacation in Panama. See you over Zoom. Don't bring me into court. Election director Scott Jarrett conveniently forgot to mention the shrink-to-fit issues on the witness stand. However, the very next day, likely under legal advice, he stated he knew about the problem all along. He also admitted the same thing occurred in 2018 and 2020. Oh, that's interesting. Occurred in 2020, huh? When Arizona suddenly got called for Biden out of nowhere. Flipped. Oh. And or prematurely called for Biden. 2018. Remember that? That's when... Trump allegedly lost the House in 2018. Now I'm thinking back. I remember when that happened. I was like, there's no way a president this popular, more president than ever in history, just lost the House midway through his first term. And we're all supposed to believe that narrative. Every president loses support and loses seats in the midterm elections. Gag me. Trump destroyed all of the normal paradigms. And now after watching 2020 and 2022, my mind goes back to 2018 and says, that was fraud too. And would you look at that? Arizona had these problems going all the way back to 2018. Maricopa County legal tone went something like this. Here's what the bureaucrats were saying in this trial with Carrie Lake. Yeah, those 300,000 ballots that were processed without the proper chain of custody, 
Sorry, not our problem. And the shrink-to-fit quote-unquote error that caused three-hour wait lines on November 8th, we apologize for the inconvenience. But calm down, people. It's only an election. And the defense, that's the bureaucrats, gaslit everyone by blaming voters for the audacity to cast their ballots on election day. You know this is all your fault. You bad citizens, you get what you deserve. So in other words, oops. It's a big oops, sorry. It's just an election. Who cares? Move on. By the way, it's your fault for voting on election day anyway. You shouldn't have done early voting. And for those claiming, the article says, the judge said Carrie Lake presented no evidence of voter, voter dis disenfranchisement. That is not what occurred. He didn't say she didn't present evidence, but he did say she was unable to prove intent, which is not the point. We don't care about intent. We care that there was fraud. Let justice roll down like waters, America, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Don't believe the hype out there. Our elections are being stolen. There's more info from Arizona and a news report from Colorado as well. It's a mess. We got to fix it before the next election cycle. See you soon.